So last week we talked about answering the call. And it wasn't a message that was on my preaching calendar. It was something that the Lord started stirring in me as I read the book of Peter a couple of weeks ago. And as, as I've continued, the Lord's just been hitting me more and more. And so today we're going to have Answer the Call Part 2. It's kind of become like a mini-series, I guess. And we're going all the way through the end of the year with this. And last week we specifically call, spoke about the call to holiness. God has called us to holiness. He is a holy God, and he calls us to holiness. And what does it mean to be holy? Literally, the definition of holy is set apart, consecrated. And the minute that you and I come to Jesus, receive him as our Lord and Savior, we are set apart for God. And we need to answer the call to live a life of holiness, holiness in our thoughts, holiness in our actions, holiness in everything that we set ourselves to do. And today I want to talk about another call that the scripture tells us we're going to find it in Peter, and it is the call to abstain, the call to abstain. Now the word abstain, the literal definition of the word abstain is this, to restrain oneself from something. Abstain means to restrain oneself from something. I want to lose weight, so I will restrain myself from double-stuffed Oreo cookies. Any double-stuffed Oreo cookie fans in the house? All right, that's, that's, let me ask you, the, this is the real question. How many of you double-stuff your double-stuffs? Come on. That's me. This is, is this what I mean. I, I get my double-stuffed Oreo. I open it. The one that has no cream, I put it to the side. I get another double-stuff, and I open it. And the one that has no cream, I put it to the side, and I double-stuff my double-stuff. And if they sell a quadruple-stuff, I'd probably eight-stuff it. You know what I mean? I, I, I like the cream part. So if I want to lose weight, I need to abstain. And there's a fight between what I desire and the scale reminding me of what I need to do. Now, look at what Peter says. I want you to go to 1 Peter, chapter number 2. We were in 1 Peter 1 last week. I want you to go to 1 Peter, chapter number 2, verses 11 and 12. I'm going to read it twice. 1 Peter 2, 11 says this. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, observe, glorify God in the works of visitation. One more time. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to jot this down. We are not of this world. That's the first thing that Peter writes to them there, right? I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. Listen, he wasn't talking to the people on the Mayflower. This was written way before. This is not the pilgrims. It was the fact that you are not of this world. I was, uh, had the opportunity last school year to go into a biology class at Florida Christian. One of the high school teachers, she 
See, she, I had preached at chapel and she said, uh, uh, Pastor David, I'm going to be covering creation and I'm going to be covering evolution in the biology class. Can you come in and do like a Q&A with the students at the end of the unit? I said, sure. And so I went in and they had prepared all these questions and all these different things. And, and, and we started talking about it and talking scripture and, and, those, and, and, and the different stuff. And, and then I kind of just opened it for questions. And I had the high school, you know, it's high school. And they asked this, they raised their hand and very seriously says, do you believe in aliens? And I looked at him very seriously and I said, yes, I do. As a matter of fact, I am one. <laughs> and I kind of got that response in a sense. And I looked and I said, no, 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 I am an alien. Jesus says, I am not of this world. And we need to be reminded of the fact that you and I have a citizenship that says heaven, not earth. The minute that you and I surrender to God through the person of Jesus Christ, we receive a new citizenship. And that citizenship, citizenship wow, that's a tongue twister, is not of earth. It is a citizenship of heaven. And we are no longer of this world, which this is what it means. We need to stop assimilating to the world. Have you ever met someone that moved to this country from a foreign country? Perhaps this, this happens a lot with, with people that move here from, from a, a, an Asian nation. Their name is not easy to pronounce and there is no like spelling for it. So they will come up with an English name, right? And you look at this person, they can almost speak no English and you ask them their name and like, my name is John. You're like, really? <laughs> and it, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. And this is what happened. They moved here and they said, we must assimilate and have a name that they can call me. And they start to unfortunately break with who they were to assimilate to this new place. And guys, this is what many of us do as believers. We walk into this world that we are not called to be a part of and try to assimilate to it and do what the world does, act like the world acts, be called by what the world says to call us, and we lose the identity as a son or daughter of God. You need to understand. I need to understand. We all need to understand. We are not of this world, and that's okay. Someone who immigrates into this country and does all the process to become a United States citizen, part of the process of being sworn in is to renounce your previous citizenship because you cannot have this dual citizenship of this other place, and you got to give up your passport. You surrender it. You are no longer that. Now you are a U.S. citizen. Let me tell you, we cannot have dual citizenship. We cannot say, I am a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the world. We have to understand that as citizens of heaven, it's different, and we are not of this world. We are not of this world. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. There should be a differentiation between us. I remember, I, 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 I love my, Puerto Ricans, I, I love my Puerto Rican friends. It's Puerto Rican. I remember, arroz con gandule, come on, this is good stuff. The last World Baseball Classic was United States against Puerto Rico in the finals. 
And I would mess with Pastor Jose, and I would say, hey, United States is going to win. And he was like, no, Puerto Rico, right? And I was like, no, United States. And he was like, Puerto Rico. I was like, bro, no matter who wins, the United States wins. <laughs> and he's like, no, pero Puerto I was like, ¿qué dice tu pasaporte? That's what I would tell him, right? What's your passport say? Because if you're Puerto Rican, your passport says United States of America, right? True or not? So I would mess with him. I was like, hey. The passport says this. Love you, Pastor Jose. <laughs> you and I need to understand something. Our passport, even though we live on earth, says citizen of heaven. Amen. Citizen of heaven. We are not of this world. And that's what he says. As sojourners and pilgrims. As sojourners and pilgrims, then he says, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. There's a lot to unpack in that statement. We can start it with this. There is a war for your soul and a war for my soul. There's a war. I just told you, the war between the scale and the double-stuffed Orioles. There's a war. And let me tell you, the way that I can start working on winning that war is to not buy the double-stuffed Orioles. If they're not there. There is a war to do what is not right. There is a temptation to eat the snack you shouldn't eat. And there is a constant reminder that tells us this is who you're supposed to be, not who you were. And then it says, abstain from the fleshly lust. Well, I, 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 I'm going to break down lusts. I want to remind you, the word lust means a strong desire for. As a matter of fact, there are three instances where the word lust in Scripture is used for the desire of God. We, in our English vernacular, only assume the word lust to sexual things. But a craving or a strong desire for something, you could use the word lust. If you, you, you're, you have a strong desire for a Pepsi, you, you, you almost say, we don't use it in a common vernacular, but I just want you to know what the word means. Because we so easily sometimes just read something without reading it, right? And we'd read that, I was like, well, I don't deal with sexual temptation, so I guess he's not talking to me. No, he's not talking just about sexual temptation in that verse. He's talking about anything desire, any fleshly desire that is not from God, and it says to abstain from it. Now, we're going to talk about the desires and what it is in a minute, but what is abstaining? Abstaining is not participating in it, not doing it. And sometimes the abstaining from something is making the decision to not have it anymore. I want you to go to Galatians for a minute. Leave a marker on 1 Peter. We're going to go back to 1 Peter. But go to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians, chapter number 5. So again, we're not of this world. Number 2, we abstain from fleshly lusts. But go to Galatians, chapter number 5. Verse number 16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill, again, the lust 
of the flesh, the strong desire or craving of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. In other words, the flesh desires things contrary to the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh, and they are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. Verse number 18. If you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. In other words, the and the like is like saying etc. or this is not an exhaustive list. And the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who continue to do this, even after they were saved, who continue to intentionally practice sin. I'm not saying you messed up. I'm saying you intentionally did it. I know it's wrong. Man, I know people that I've been talking to for almost a decade, and they tell you how much they love Jesus, and they tell you all these different things, and they want all of this, and they want his blessings, and they want all the different stuff, but they still live with the married person that has not divorced the other person, and they're in sin, and they don't like to be called out on it, but you're not going to get it fixed if you're continuing to practice sin. You're right. That doesn't get a clap. It shouldn't, but it's true. We need to be different than the world. We have to abstain from what the flesh wants. The flesh wants it for a minute of gratification, but it's going to bring a lasting condemnation if you don't make it to heaven. Oh, but I did the prayer of salvation. That's great. That's step number one, acknowledging who Christ is. But here's the reality. There needs to be transformation in us. We get a new passport now that says citizen of heaven. I stop living like the world. I stop acting like the world. And guess what? The world won't like us for it. And that's okay. You might lose a friend because you start living right. You might lose a contract because you stop cutting corners. You might lose certain things, but you walk under the blessing of God. And man, the blessing of God is so much better. We abstain from it. Notice here, some of this, again, it starts with, it does start with sexual perversion, adultery, fornication, right? Like it's there. 
But it talks then also about idolatry. And let me tell you, idolatry is not just, you know, the Virgin Mary statue or the St. Joseph statue. There's some people who are believers and have their wife on a pedestal and they idolize her. Or they idolize their children. Or they idolize their work or their sport or their game or their whatever it might be. And that is an idol for them. It takes the place of God in their life. Because idolatry is anything in which takes the place of God in your life. We need to understand we're not of this world. We got to abstain. It continues to say, watch, look at this one. Sorcery. Hatred. Contentions, arguments. Jealousies. Oh, man. How there's jealousy in the body of Christ that needs to be rooted out. My people, they're not my people. I love you, and if you see me as your pastor, I will shepherd you and steward you to the best of my ability. But I know one thing for certain. You are not mine. You are not three W's. You are God's child. And while you are here, I will honor you, I will serve you, I will impart into you. But if tomorrow you decided to move or whatever the case might be, I will still love you, I will still honor you, I will still respect you. Because you're my brother or my sister. This garbage of one church, this church. No, we are one church, the body of Christ. Aside from, 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 from color or race or creed or, or denomination or all of this Garbage made by man. Because when we get to heaven, we're not going to be asked, were you Baptist or Southern Baptist or Reformed Baptist or Lutheran or Presbyterian or non-denominational or Catholic or this or that or the other? We're going to be asked, what did you do with Jesus Christ? What else? Look Look at this one. Outburst of wrath. I dealt with anger. That was one of my things. Young David, now it's not that I would go tell people off. I have not had a potty mouth. I thank the Lord I came to Christ early. My parents are not potty mouths, so I, 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 I'm not a potty mouth. So that wasn't the way I got rid of it. You know how I dealt with my anger? I'd jump in my car, I'd find an empty street, and I'd floor it as fast as I could my car to about 100, 110, whatever it was, then slam the brakes, then do it again. And when I was about 20 years old, I realized I was gonna end up dead if I didn't deal with my anger. So you know what I did? I sold my sports car. And I got an SUV. I abstained from the temptation to act out on my anger. Being honest, I'm being vulnerable and transparent with you. Four years later, after maturing and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in me, allowing him to work in me, because we have to allow him to work in me, I got a new sports car. Beautiful. 
black and red leather interior. It's a Mazda RX-8. Loved it. I remember going to test drive it with Patty, and like they took us to an empty parking lot. I spun it. I did donuts. I did all different things. And Patty asked the guy, what are the safety features in this car? <laughs> and the guy literally turned around and said, no one has ever asked me that on this car. <laughs> Now, I got rid of that car a few years later, but it wasn't because of my driving anymore and my anger. It was because I was getting older and getting in and out of that low car was a pain with my long legs and my back. And I was having to drink ibuprofen every night after driving the car because it was like, oh, you know, whatever. I was like, all right, it was time to get rid of the sports car. I'm just, I'm being honest with you guys. When we need to get rid of something that's a fleshly desire, the easiest way to abstain is to not have it. There's some of us that need to abstain from certain relationships, abstain from certain friendships, abstain from certain things that are causing us to easily fall into different paths. Abstain from the desires and the lusts of the flesh. Again, it doesn't mean we're perfect. We sin. Sometimes I still get angry, but I don't act out on my anger. And sometimes I do lose it a little bit, and then I go repent. And let me be very honest with you. I tend to fall more easily if I wasn't full, if I was physically tired, if I hadn't Sabbath that week, if I didn't spend time with the Lord that morning. Those are moments where I tend to more easily fall into a lust of the flesh, right? Let's go back to food. Y'all know I'm an inner, I got an inner fat guy in me. Everything is relatable to food for me. I eat and I think of my next meal. I don't purchase it. I don't put myself in the place of it. I don't use it in moderation, I eliminate it to abstain from it. And you and I, we, f we have different things that we face, but the solution to all of them is Jesus. And the call from God to abstain is the same. You might need to abstain from wine, and I might need to abstain from double stuffed Oreo cookies. I'm just saying we need to abstain. This is the next thing we need to remember, because he says it in the verse. Watch, let me read you verse 12. Go back to 1 Peter, verse number 12. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. That's a lot to unpack there. The good works they observe. Now, let's be very, 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 very clear. Everybody, all eyes on me. Watch, 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 watch. You are not saved by your good works. Please understand. If you came in today thinking you're a Christian, thinking you're going to heaven simply because you do good things and you help old ladies cross the street and you pick up things for people, that does not save you. That is not saving You are saved by grace, 
that no man can boast. That's what Ephesians chapter 2 says. If it was by our good works, we could have pride and arrogance. I made my way to heaven. No. We are all sinners in the need of saving. And the atonement was done by the blood of Jesus. However, when we receive this new citizenship, when we become a child of God, our behavior does change. It is supposed to change. And we do begin to do good works and good things because we are a different person now. And the world sees it and glorifies him. So that's why he says, and I wrote it this way, we are an example. We are an example. You and I are examples of Jesus in how we act, in how we speak, in what we do. I, um, I was watching a show with Patty the other day. I, I don't know if anybody ever saw that old show, The Big Bang Theory, and then they made a new one called Young Sheldon. And every once in a while, we watch Young Sheldon. And um, if you haven't seen this latest one and you watch it, bro, spoiler alert, just in case. All right. They now have this video store. And um, somebody comes in complaining, saying, you have this filth in here, this movie. How do you have this here, right? And um, the pastor of the church gets everybody, and they start, like, you know, getting petitions to get rid of these movies that showed lustful things or sexual things and all these different stuff. And, and there's this back and forth going on. And finally, the, 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 the lady, Sheldon's grandma, she realizes that there's a record of everything people have rented. So she looks at what was the rental record of the pastor. And everything was fine. It was Jesus Christ Superstar, Jesus this, all this different stuff. But then she says, what's his wife's rental record? So he go, she goes to meet with the pastor and says, Pastor, you talk about all these movies and all these different things. But do you, have you heard of, um, they said Dirty Dancing or something. Like, you know, your wife has rented it five times. That's a lot of chest-bearing Packard Swayze that she's watching. <laughs> it's pretty funny. She's rented this one. And he's like, oh, no. And, he's like, and then she says, do you want to know what your board of deacons rent? <laughs> then they cut the scene. Guys, I just want you to get something. We're an example. We will get made fun of by people. Jesus in John chapter 17 prayed for us, saying, they are not of this world as I am not of this world. In Peter, it continues to say in the next chapter that you might be reviled or persecuted, and Jesus even talked about it, that, that you might lose some friends. I remember when I worked in corporate America, and, and, and man, if you work for corporate America, every time there's a team meeting, they only want to do them like at bars or open this, or, and, 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 and I don't drink by choice. Because I, I, remember, the Bible says do not get drunk. So if, if you have a glass of wine, listen, that's okay. Now, if, if you need to drink a glass of wine to unwind, there might be a problem. 
having a glass of wine every so often or whatever, that's not a problem. But when you say, I have to have it to unwind, there's a problem. Just that one's free, all right? We're an example. And so I would go to these things. I remember this one specific guy. Man, he called me all kinds of different things, thinking he was funny because I can drink. And a couple of months later, his mom gets diagnosed with cancer, is in the hospital. We live in different states. And one of the first phone calls was to me to ask for prayer. Do not be surprised that the very same people who mock and ridicule and put down because you are not of this world reach out to you because they know you are not of this world. So let's remember we are an example. I went on a field trip with Abigail on Thursday to SeaWorld. And um, she had a great time. We had a great time. We were counting it yesterday. I think she rode like 16 roller coasters or 17, like 17 times. Like it was, they had an amazing time. It was phenomenal. The park holds 40,000 people. There was only 5,000. So like literally they would get on the ride, walk off, get on the ride. Like it was, it was great. They had a great time. I had a good ride too, because they, the meal voucher was not just a meal voucher, it was the call all day dine voucher. Every 90 minutes, Abigail's still wearing her bracelet, it doesn't work here though. <laughs> I cut mine off, I was ready to go to Texas or Brazil and say, scan me! No. <laughs> Anyways, so we, we, we get to this place to eat, and um, I, I was waiting for them after they rode the ride because I rode the first roller coaster, the Manta, and I was done. When that sucker sat you down and then lifted you up, oh my God. Anyways, pray for me. I can't do these roller coasters. I'm waiting for her to get off on another roller coaster with her, her, her friends and another parent. And I asked one of the employees, I was like, hey, you know, which, which places around here are good? And she says, my favorite dish is this at this restaurant or whatever. It's like, it's by the ride that's closed for refurbishment. So I was like, enough said. Like she started telling me herself, like, enough said. You're telling me it's your favorite, like it's good. Like she had said it was pulled pork. I was like, pulled pork, bro, Cuban, let's go, right? <laughs> so we walk over there and this restaurant is in the back and this ride is closed for refurbishment. So guess what? There's like nobody in the restaurant. And I walk in. And it wasn't just that they had pulled pork. No, no, they had rice, black beans, churrasco. They had chicken, and it was included. Hey, yo, what's up, right? Like, I legit, I started eating after, I did, after they scanned my thing. I put a 90-minute timer on my watch. It's like, when are you going to ring again? I was like, all right, girls, we're coming back in 90 minutes. <laughs> we're an hour and 10 minutes away, right? Like, that's my ride. All you can eat. All right. Told you, inner fat guy. All right. orchestrated our plan. The park closes at 6. We got to get on the bus at 6. And when we stop at a rest area, it's going to be like 9 or 10. And rest areas after COVID by 8 o'clock, they're closed, right? Like the food, ain't nothing open. So I was like, I told them all, I was like, before we leave, we're getting another one. We'll pack it in a box, whatever it is, but to rock on the way home, you know, like I got my whole plan. 5 o'clock, we go watch the whales. SeaWorld, you got to go watch the whales. It's not Shamu, but they still have whales. Um, 
<laughs> That's another hilarious story, but I'll say it another time. We finish, and we start going back to Waterway Grill. By the way, if you ever see what Waterway Grill, trust me, you won't forget. We get to Waterway Grill, 529. Sorry, sir, we're closed. What? Wait, wait, wait. You're closed at 6. No, this restaurant closes at 5. All right, what's open? The girl pulls out the thing. She's like, this restaurant is open. They close at 6. It's like the only one of the, of the thing. All right, cool. So we start walking. Get to the other side of the park. We get there. Now it's 544, like legit. It was 544. And I get there, and there's a security guard in front of the door. And I go open the door. He's like, I'm sorry, we're closed. Like, like, closed? What do you mean you're closed? No, we're closed. We have an event tonight, so we're already closed. I was like, you're, you guys close at 6. It's 544. I'm on a field trip with kids. I need to get them food before I get on the bus. No, sir. I was like, who's your supervisor? Oh, she's inside. All right, thanks. I go inside. His supervisor's at the end of the line. And I go, and she's like, how can I help you? I was like, I'm in line. I need to get in line. No, sir, this line's already closed. And I said, it's 545. You close at 6. I need to get food for my kids. Well, this line is not going to end before 6, and the park closes at 6, and so we've closed the line. <laughs> okay. Who's your supervisor? <laughs> says, well, you can talk to this person in the kitchen. Go around the other side. So I go to the other side. In tow with my five girls and two parents, it was eight of us that were in my, my, my group, and we get to the other side, and finally this gentleman comes out, hairnet and all, and he's like, how can I help you? And I said, it's simple, man. I need to feed my kids before we get on the bus. It's 547. I got here at 544. You know, we, we just, he's like, well, but we're already closed. We have an event, and I was like, that is not my concern. And I showed him the risk, and I was like, we already paid. Just, just do it. He's like, well, I can't. I was like, sir, can you call me your supervisor? <laughs> so he leaves the kitchen and he goes to the back. And I kept, now there's other people coming. He's like, how can we help you? And this other guy comes like, oh, you know, how, how, I was like, oh, I'm waiting for a supervisor. I was like, well, I'm one of the supervisors. And then as I start telling him, the, the guy from the kitchen comes out, he's like, well, that's my supervisor. I was like, oh, I'm waiting for his supervisor. And so then, long story short, because it continues, he finally comes back and, and I said, dude, this is very simple. I got five kids, get five trays, stick chicken nuggets in them, put a top on it, and we'll take it to go. Like, this is simple. I cannot get back to Miami and have parents tell me, you did not feed my kids, because I'm going to bring that to SeaWorld. So he begrudgingly goes, and he prepares me five things of chicken tenders with mac and cheese. And he gives me five. We're eight, but he doesn't give for the adults. He gives for the kids. I was like, that's fine. I, I can fast. We're, we're good. I get the food, I give it to the kids. Start walking back to get them their bottles of water because it comes with a drink and dessert, but dessert was warranty. So I just go get them their waters. And as I'm walking back, it's now it's like 5.54. You know, we've got still six minutes left. The line is over, so they miscalculated. The line was empty. They could have just served me. It would have been easy, right? So I've, I'm walking out, and out of the corner of my eye, I see they still have food. So I look at them, and I call them. I was like, come here, man. It's like, listen. I appreciate it. You took care of my kids. You still got four minutes before your clothes. 
and I already paid for it. So take care of the adults too. Look, you got this. And I was like, well, but I don't have any sides. I don't care. Just give me the chicken wings. So he goes and he starts serving all the chicken wings. So I got chicken wings for the parents as well. So we go, we get a thing. And then the security guard, the head security guard comes back to me. Sir, I just want to make sure I apologize. I was just doing my job and the this and whatever. So I say, hey, we're all good. And as a matter of fact, if I was rude, I apologize to you. And she says, actually, you were not rude. That's why I need to apologize. Like, you were good. Like, you, you. And then in my inner surf, I was like, all right, all right, good. I was able to stand and not lose my cool. I've made progress. <laughs> Guys, I need us to understand something. Because you are a Christian doesn't mean you allow yourself to be stepped on. But you cannot do it out of anger and in a way that makes Jesus look bad. And let me say that again because I need it to land. Many times we think and we allow the world to tell us, Pero tú no eres cristiano. I thought you were a Christian. No, 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 no. I am a Christian. But I stand for what is right. And I move forward. You can do both. You can be an example while standing with integrity and righteousness and going for what is just and true. So let's remember these three things. We're not of this world. Worship team, come to the altar. We abstain from the fleshly lusts. And we're an example. In all that we do is what Paul writes to Timothy, his spiritual son. Be an example in, in truth, in, in, in honesty, in, in, in word, in conduct, in purity. Part of the reason why there are so many people that do not want anything to know with, uh, about God is because of people like us that are not living the right example for Jesus. But it changes today. We're going to dust off them passports and say citizen of heaven. We're going to have them in our hand and we're going to say, stamp it because I'm coming in, but I'm not from here. Yes, I'm different. Yes, you've stepped on me, but I will love you anyways. I will stand and I will be honest and I will walk in integrity and I will answer the call to live a life of holiness and I will answer the call to abstain from the things of this world to bring honor and glory to God stand to our feet this morning. I want us to take a minute of just connection with God individually. We can dim the light, just personal, just you and God, because sometimes there's things in us that, that, that they're just there and, and, and they're like, they're like that piece of sand that's irritating. And today we need to look at them and say, Lord, I, I give you this sand, make it into a pearl. Just you and God right there, ask him even to show you, are there certain things in your character that he has reminded you, this is not who you are anymore. I want to renew you. I want to change you. I want to work in you. Come on, just take the next minute individually, online as well. Just take the minute, talk to God and tell him, God, show me. And then leave it before him.